0: Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today, I got from the comic book team, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. Yay, yay. Janelle Wheeler is
1: with us. <laughs> yay, yay.
0: <And laughs> I tried. To return to the podcast, Mr. Evan Valentin.
1: Hey. No, you got to do yay, yay. Yeah,
0: I, I have to. Yay, yay. There,
1: there it is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everybody needs more Ice Cube in their life. Oh boy,
0: uh, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah, what are we talking? Classic Ice Cube, Flat Earth Ice Cube. Like, what are we doing? Ah, here? classic, classic. Okay, make sure you make <laughs> sure like you clarify. That. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make sure you clarify. Like all the way up to like <laughs> it's, been a, it's hello. been a strange year. So, like, you once know. Hello happened, like that's my cutoff. Like, okay, there you go. Boom. So that's Mad on Ice Cube. <laughs> but what we're doing today on the podcast is we got to talk some new things that are breaking some old. 80s, 90 kid fan favorites are both making a return this week. So we got to break down that. And I'm talking about Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and Masters of the Universe, Revelation. We got a new Snake Eyes origin movie and Kevin Smith's He-Man series on Netflix today. So we are going to break both of those down. And we got to talk as Mattis Jones and to talk about some things happening in the DC movie universe. So we are going to jump into that and get into all of that. Matt, oh, man, I, this is a, wow, this is like an 80s, 90s kid trifecta. I didn't even realize that today we got going because we got He-Man, we got G.I. Joe, and Matt's also gonna break down Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom for us, which is the uh, the Netflix Transformers series now getting into the fan-favorite Beast Wars kind of continuity. So we're gonna play with all of that as well. Plus, we got new comics to talk about, including Moon Knight. I guess we just, uh, I mean, we bumped into the very start of the show. Yeah, it's it a is. This is a very, <laughs> show. I saw that. I'm, that's why I'm just going to sit back and take <laughs> it easy. I, I could use the rest sometimes. And I got, I got oh, very, very geez. exciting and able co hosts. So, oh. yeah, this is going to be kind of a Matt driven show just to let you guys know. It's like a Jerry <laughs> episode of Rick and Morty. But, uh, yeah. All right. Ouch, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, start us off with Batgirl, because uh, through circumstances, one of my kids is home today and is screaming in what seems to be pain. So I'm going to go check on that while Matt is going to tell you guys what is going on with Batgirl. We're off to a great start. (laughs)
2: Understand. (laughs) Also, shout out to Half-Send Josh. I saw your Today Was a Good Day reference, and and you're dang right. It's a great reference. And I love old Ice Cube. All right. So we're diving into Batgirl. We finally have, well, I mean, we actually have a couple of Batgirls, but the D.C., you movie verse HBO Max movie finally has found its Batgirl girl in Leslie Grace, uh, who people will know from In the Heights, uh, and several other projects. But In the Heights is ar- in arguably like the biggest uh project. She confirmed the news, it's actually like l- legit and not like a rumored thing. And uh, I'm just on Cloud nine. Can we say that, uh, hey Brett, what's up? Um, can we just say that like the fact that like she's Dominican, right? This is a very like st- Spanish, hispanic tinged dc universe in the movies and i'm all for it like it's It's like supergirl blue beetle like oh my god like (laughs) the days of only having vibe are like gone (laughs) (laughs) and it's amazing yeah amazing um and this also by the way this was was also brought up several times is that now you know one of the things one of the kind of qualms or nitpicks of the birds of prey film was that, you know, people know the Birds of Prey, me included. I'm a huge Birds of Prey fan, but I'm a huge fan of my Birds of Prey, which is Batgirl, Black Canary, and Huntress. Like, that's what I see in my eye uh, Mm -hmm. as the Birds of Prey. So, I love Harley. I love Margot Robbie's Harley, but, you know, the fact that we didn't have Batgirl in that mix was like, oh, man, and then we heard, like, oh, there's like three movies coming, and they're gonna build to it. Now, some of that could actually happen, because now we actually have our Batgirl, um, and and so far the the buzz and the the reception seems to be really good. I mean, what, are you guys happy about the casting?
0: I mean, Maybe I yeah. think it's very interesting. Like, I think I'm, Humberto I'm, Gonzalez, like uh, El Mayimbe, uh, you know, old industry colleague, he kind of pointed out. He was just like, you know, he made he was making a proud statement as a Latin man that the future of the DC universe is awesome. Latina, and he was just kind of showing the recent castings for Supergirl and Batgirl, and um, what was the other one? Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, yeah. Uh, And so, like, yeah, it's really interesting to me. Like, I'm not, like, pro or con any of this. Like, there was a whole ginger movement about this and stuff. And, you know, in the sense of inclusiveness and everything we're doing for everything else, I get that. You know, we are kind of whittling way down acting to just being show up and look like the thing we need. But, you know,
2: (laughs) that's neither here for there. Right, but uh, but that's what I love about this is that, like i think she's and we had heard like rumored actresses that were in the hunt for the role people had been mentioned you know emma stone has been mentioned for this part i don't know for like the last 10 years Is this the easiest <laughs> thing
0: people can do they just look people think they're casting directors they're like well i looked at the comic book page and it looks like this person like um but yeah it, it's gonna be interesting and i'm just kind of interested to see what they do with this barbara gordon because the more i go back and watch you know birds of prey like you know, she's much more famous now, but Journey Smollett is just like seeing her as Black Canary, the more and more I love it, the more it kind of settles in. She's like so how good. awesome she was in that role. Yeah. Um, even though she was vastly different than what you would think of as right. Dinah Lance from the comics. Uh, so I'm really interested to see. It, it just brings me new and, excite, and excitement for what this interpretation of the DC universe will be. Yeah. And Winstead was great as Huntress. Like they, yeah. they have a mm-hmm. great, group
2: there, I was always just like, huh, you know, it's like missing that thing. And she's, look, I, I'm i all about this casting, and I'm very much of the mind that, like, they don't need, like, they need to be the person. I, you know, that's like, the fact that she's white and has <laughs> red hair is like the least important thing about that character. There's so many other things about the character that I love. It has nothing to do with that. So, you know, that I that's why I'm excited for this. Uh, plus you know it's just a, it's just a bonus. it's just it's just awesome that uh, we're gonna get some really awesome Latin representation on screen mm-hmm. more that. So yeah yeah uh, she was
1: different. great. she was great and in, in the heights I love I loved her. I just I didn't even really care for the movie very much, but I adored her specifically and I think she's a great actress and uh, it, you know, I think one of the worst things about the TV show is that hideous, wig that they slapped on Ruby Rose like the the big (laughs) red giant thing like I don't that woman sorry I hope they don't try to like do this like let's turn her into like just let her be who she is like bring out all these things that make her great you know that why people love her in the comic books but also like this actress like let her add her own little flair to it I think that's what I'm looking forward to I hope that they let her do that um, and she seems really eager. I think her tweet, like she put out this tweet and said, I'm going to, you know, do her, I'm going to do her the best I can. Like, she's really, I think she's very committed to it. And she's like, I can't even believe that I'm saying this. Like I get to be in this role. And just the fact that she's so excited to me makes me feel like she's a big fan and and she'll right. do it, do a really good job. I think she's taking it really seriously. And I feel like that's all we can ask of anyone who's playing our favorite heroes and people we idolize and have been carried over for so many years and so many generations, like just commit to it, give it your all and be a fan like we are, and you're going to do a great job.
2: Right. Yeah. And uh, now the project, this is the HBO Max. Back oh, yeah, girl movie. movie. Um, I don't like the good news is that, you know, Christina Hodson's writing it. So there is going to be that synergy Between Birds of Prey and this, it's going to have a similar feel. Uh, I don't. I'm not like completely sold on the directors uh, because Bad Boys for Life uh, duo, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, So like, I don't know, but it's not like a negative yet. I just don't know. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how about that mix. But but I'm excited either way. Well,
0: I mean, it also speaks that it's an HBO Max movie. Not to say they're not going to put any money into it, but like it, it. does kind of say what kind of scale they're going for, for this, like right. a much more kind of right. controlled scale. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And you, did you guys touch on the the Batman when I was running to check on child injuries? No. Uh, yeah. Okay. So just to clarify, because some people have gotten caught up in the casting and been like, well, this is because, you know, like um, what's his name? Jeffrey Wright is going to be commissioner Gordon in the Batman. And so this is like his daughter. And it's like, no, these oh, projects are, no. Completely separate. Just oh, wow. to clarify that, yeah, this I, is my- I was
3: about. Um, I was about to ask as to whether or not because I don't, I don't know if is this going to be taking place in the DC Cinematic Universe? Is this going to be taking place in the new Batman, or is it going to be its own entirely new thing? As
2: of now, from all the it from as of now, what they've said about it because they've been kind of cagey. Hudson's given some vague quotes over the past <laughs> few years. Um, surprise! But surprise! Like, <laughs> it seems it is. It seems tied as of now to the birds of prey, that lane of the DC universe. Oh, Batman cool. is its the Batman is its own thing. Um, likewise some of the other shows because like this is not the only Barbara Gordon we're getting. Obviously, we're going to get Barbara Gordon uh, by Savannah Welch in Titans as well. That is also separate. That's a different mm-hmm. take where she is actually the commissioner now. So like, there's a bunch of different versions. Uh, of the character that will probably be <laughs> running around in various forms. But this seems to be the main DCU, whatever that you can qualify that is now. Cool. DCU background.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to see where this goes. Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but... She does have that kind of classic look, like a 1960s Batgirl. If she had been, you know, Latin, but so I'm kind of really interested to see how this goes. Now the question becomes: What costume are we going with? What design? Yeah, let's Batgirl get into has the some real iconic, stuff.
2: iconic designs. I'm I'm hoping for a mix of Burnside. That's I love that okay, costume okay. so much. You
3: were going so down good. rabbit hole. All right, it's so good.
0: <laughs> we're gonna move on. So that's Batgirl. Uh, I feel you,
3: Matt. I feel you.
0: <laughs> did you tease your? Did you tee up your? You want to hype your interviews, Matt? We well, got actually.
2: Well, I did. So I did tease it uh, as far as like Savannah Welch uh, will be playing Barbara Gordon in Titans. And we will actually have an interview uh, with her coming up soon, talking all about season three of Titans, which I know me and Kofi are also hyped about.
0: Yeah, baby. I love Titans. Got a real hype for this upcoming season for sure. All right. So that's on the D.C. side of things. Thanks, guys, for handling that. I'm gonna just do a quick touch on uh, Snake Eyes, GI Joe origins, and we can kind of break this down. Evan, did you see this? Uh, no, I didn't. I was all looking right.
3: forward to it, though.
0: Oh man. Okay. So <laughs> Uh-oh. here we go. <laughs> I I know. G. No. G. Joe origins, to be Snake Eyes. I was so excited. Listen, when I used to write reviews for uh, that other site, I don't mention for legal reasons. I <laughs> there was a kind of there would always be this kind of way I would frame re- like you know how movies could go wrong. It's like you have somebody who writes just an ill-fitting concept for a movie; it can go wrong. That's yeah, like Captain Marvel. No offense to that, but like such a hero. you can have just ensembles and performers that just don't do it. You know, they don't they don't step up or or just coordinators and people, designers. The worst crime is when everybody kind of fires off well and does what they're supposed to do, but the director in charge just doesn't get the right kind of movie in the can. And that is exactly the kind of crime that's committed with uh, G.I. Joe Snake uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Um, G.I. Joe purists, you're going to have a lot of problems with this movie. I'm just going to tell you off the bat because they just redo some of the things about the canon just to stretch this out into a movie that you're probably not going to enjoy. From the whole Snake Eyes being a mouthy mouthy dude to uh, just some of the kind of convenient things they do to kind of fit his story with the Joes and all of that. uh, Like some people are just going to be straight up like, nah, bro. Like that's, that's not it for me. And I get that. If you are a franchise kind of purist uh, you you gotta, I mean, that's going to really annoy you, but more than that, like this could still be a good popcorn entertainment movie. And and to a certain extent it is, I would give it like a solid two to 2.5 out of five in terms of just being entertaining in that sense. But director Robert Schwenke, the guy who did red and some other stuff. Oh, I yeah that he did that. Yeah he the choices that were made for this movie in terms of filming it are really bad. Like this looks like somebody's YouTube like GI Joe fan film most of the time. like the blocking, the staging not to get too technical, but like it's filmed kind of almost born style, like gorilla. Oh. Okay. like where everybody is like chest up in their face Whoa. like for every single shot it's so like visually off-putting and weird because scenes don't flow right like the performances don't flow right he doesn't he can't get charm out of Henry Golding. you know what I mean? Like, even though he's doing things right in the scene, it's just like the way of the film, you're like in Storm Shadow's belly button, and you're like, What is going on here? Like, just pull it back and <laughs> show me this room and these two freaking people talking. Like, why are we up in everybody's face? Like, in it, I mean Hashtag it's just Storm Shadow's belly button. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> just like he was like running around in their faces, like, yeah, come on, give me that emotion, like and you know, backing up the whole time. It's just it's really weirdly filmed, and that is so off-putting and It kills the action. Like, you cannot tell what the hell is going on in any of these action sequences. Like, they're poorly lit, well choreographed, but you can't tell because, like, you're up, you're literally, it's like you were in the mosh pit. And I think they thought that would be, like, visceral and, like, gritty. But all it does is just make it hard to tell what the hell is going on. You get, like, these weird superhero pose shots, and then it's just like, and you're like, what is happening here? Um, that's
1: such a shame.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it, it it's nothing to do with the cast who all do their thing. Henry Golding is for the role of Snake guys, they hand him is is good. He's charming, he's funny, he's also serious and gritty when he needs to be. And, and he's really got some real issues. There's depth to this character and like what he's trying to do and why he's doing what he's doing. So there's drama there. Andrew Koji is great as Tommy slash who becomes Storm Shadow. His like excellent in this film like i mean he just was like all right well we're gonna do shakespeare let's do it like and went out there and put on like a real performance and about the clan and the ninjas and all that stuff is really compelling stuff that he does rest of the cast is great from like eco uh, my man eco from the raid and blind master and all these characters like awesome stuff so how is
2: scarlet and baroness because uh samara a lot of weaving, about them. yeah
0: samara weaving is really good as scarlet shiba okay. Plays Scarlet, like, in this kind of, like, almost slightly nerdy, but, like, really badass, well-trained kind of agent-type person.
2: Nice.
0: Like, she's not comic, because she's, she's, like, really kind of, like, offbeat and, like, funny and, like, kind of slightly weird. Um, it just the way she does it. But the movie underutilizes her. And I think Brandon Davis was on here kind of and gave us kind of a preview of Snake Eyes. And he said that it does underutilize the female characters in a lot of ways, and that is very true. This movie kind of lets down the female characters for this kind of – I mean, granted for the Storm Shadow snake guy stuff, but it is kind of weird the way it does that. And Baroness, uh, no Ursula Corbero, no, no insult to her. Like, the character, this take on Baroness is very good. She's, like, a very good kind of mental, you know – You know, mental manipulator kind of middle woman kind of moving around all these pieces from all these different sides for Cobra. Uh, But she just kind of plays it a little arch, a little kind of comic book arch. Uh, She's not as good, but uh, I really like Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Um, So do we, because you said there were a
2: lot of changes to the kind of like the canon, so to speak. Um, And like, I mean, G.I. Joe is not the most like where people are going to like riot necessarily about like canon Authenticity because it's been played with a couple different times, but like, does this one? I guess, do you feel like it, even though you didn't love it, will it still do well at the box office? And do you think, like, do they do a good job of setting up sequels?
0: I think this thing gets lost. I mean, it does a better job, Iron Man 2-ing it than I thought it would, mm. like, you know, setting up the larger thing because it really is the Joes are in a step, like, all of that stuff's already established. Like, the Joes are a force. They have a history. Cobra has a long history and snake guys is coming into like the middle of this. Okay. Uh, so that's not necessarily a problem in the universe building because it's already, he's just immersed in it from the beginning. Um, what, and they just tease it. So this is like, this is the ninja story, but the ninja story in the context of this, they are the middle ground between what GR Joe and Cobra are trying to do right now. So that part's not so bad. um, I think what's bad is that at the end of the day, like except for a, the final shot, which is the one from the trailers of the bike and the helmet coming down. That's the only Snake eyes thing about this. Like that's the
3: that's only wait, thing that makes final
2: shot. He doesn't get the helmet before that.
0: Oh, sorry, spoilers, guys. But
2: oh.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, wait.
0: no, this is this is this is very much Full review. This is like this is just a movie about a guy. Oh my god, no way. <laughs> I am yes. so annoyed right now. Are you yeah. kidding? No.
2: Oh my god. Oh Sorry. God. Sorry to uh, blow the bubble mix. I mean, we, all have,
3: we all have to cross our fingers that they'll do a better job with G.I. Joe Origin Shipwreck and G.I. Joe Origins <laughs> Surrender.
0: I mean, I will watch the Shipwreck one for sure. Zartan. <laughs> I
3: want my Zartan movie. The no, Zartan? So oh, is, man. Like... Yeah.
0: like they, and, and the thing is to just, you know, try to save my own spoiler here. Um, they, they very much are setting this up. So this is not like the, this is not the, the um, launch pad from this into a full GI Joe thing. They set this up as we are going to tell like a trilogy origin story about snake eyes.
3: Uh-oh. Oh hmm.
0: yeah! This is not done. Like this is not wrapped up in this movie. No, like he's not. <laughs> like it's not a final shot of him. Like as a GI Joe I. I mean, when I was saying that and why I don't feel like it's a spoiler is, he's, he's just wearing a goddamn bike helmet. Like that's it. Oh like we're not into like no. This movie does not even language align at full wow. origin story yet. It's part he's one about of the map. origin story. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there. Oh, no, bro. I'll have so to it's really that. Snake Eyes, Part One, GI Joe Origins is really what this movie is. I can't, and oh, so, I'm oh, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Um, yeah. So <laughs> hashtag the groans. Dude, I, I, I thought it, look, this was gonna be. Look, I'm just gonna spill all the tea. I hate to break it to the world, but there, if if this does well, there, then there is a sequel, which you will still see a very mouthy Henry Golding in Snake Eyes was, too, and that and that totally negates the question
2: I was gonna ask, which was, well, okay, well, at least when he has the helmet on, does he not talk? But obviously, no, because it's right at the end of the stupid movie. Okay? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 this is this is a uh, day
0: a one point. in Henry Golding's face. They paid for Henry Golding's face, and for two. Hours and 19 minutes out of two hours or like or whatever this is like one hour and, and like 89 minutes whatever I can't so I even minutes. so I even understand except that for thing. that last two minutes like yeah this is a Henry Golding movie I'll right.
2: even give it that like I'm I'm okay like uh, and this is the thing with the up we're gonna face this again when the Halo movie comes right or the mm-hmm. Halo series or whatever yes. it has to be in.
1: so like
2: everyone's gonna be like oh my god don't let him talk <laughs> yeah. and who I, have they cast that yet? Yeah, I can't even remember if they have cast Master Chief yet but like whoever they cast right it's it's gonna be like well we want to show the face and you're gonna have to take off the helmet and that's such a big thing around but i'll even give them that because yes you are having someone come into the role and you and you do want to get their face on marketing and their whatever i i'll even give it that but at least do it to where like when the helmet's on it's like you're no like he's not talking what whatever make it you know jerry kayfabe some reason these are wrestling terms kayfabe some reason why he doesn't do it you know but like then when he takes the helmet off he can be whoever he wants to be you know but maybe do that i mean at least that would be kind of a cross section but like to not uh, uh, all right
1: i'm really shocked I'm, I'm i was that. i was really looking forward to this i felt like the trailer was <laughs> really pretty I, it looked good at least. And I, just I thought Joe you were going to come in here and be like, this is going to be, oh, this was great. Like, I just, I don't know why I thought that Kofi was going to love we're it. We're going
0: to get into a break in a minute, but I just want to reiterate what I said at the beginning. Like there are a lot of ways movies can fail. And the worst tragedy is when the person who just had to manage shooting it and and getting the right shots in the can and putting them together doesn't do that. Mm. The production design is great. Yeah, the choreography is great in martial arts. Choreography is great, and the costumes look awesome. The costumes are great. Beni Joe costume is great. Like I said, most of the characters and the actors in this, I loved. Like they're they're really good and and make this ninja kind of clan a compelling kind of Shakespearean tragedy about two brothers who almost come together and fall out. Like that's all really well done. It, it, it's just when it's time to actually move this camera. And not just film a pretty ninja room, like everything wow. begins to turn, you know, to sugar, honey, iced tea real quick. Like it's <laughs> like it's just, yeah. It's wow. And so, like, Good it's reference. fine. Like, if you replaced a new director, somebody who could like confidently do this, like get, you know, Stahowski or uh, what's or David Leach or somebody, like you might have something here. The real question <laughs> is why is it Marlon Wayans in it? That'll do it for our review of Origins. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk about Masters of the Universe, Revelation, Transformers, War for Cybertron Kingdom, and this week's new comics. So stay tuned for all of that.
2: It scared me again.
1: <laughs> I love that the mics weren't muted and we get the comment. Somebody's uh, taking out their snake eyes angry during the break. you no. hear like yelling and
0: tight. <laughs> I could. I had my daughter. I kept hearing bangs from like my bedroom because my daughter's home right now. And like, I'm like, what is going on? So on the break, I went in there. She had gotten like my wife's back scratcher and reached up to the top of literally like an 11 foot armoire and was pushing tablets off the top and they were just all dropping to the floor. And I'm amazing. just like, what are you like? How have you even constructed uh, this plan like in the time I've been sitting here? Like, uh, yeah, kids, amazing.
1: kids, guys. Father
0: moment. Yeah, kids. All right. So, whatever tablets I have left after this, um, yeah. Basically, we're back. Masters of the Universe. Evan,
3: Evan, take us
0: take yep. us to a hopefully better place than I did in <laughs> my Snake Eyes I,
3: review. I will try. Um, I can say right off the bat that um, in, in watching the first season that Masters of the Universe Revelation is really a fantastic show for fans, both old and new to the series. I think it does. Um, and I mentioned it in my... Uh, Original review on the site is that it does a fantastic job of kind of walking a tightrope between introducing new fans to the world of Eternia as well as bringing in fans who had watched it originally and creating something of a soft reboot. It's a show that um, clearly has its feet in the original series. Uh, it, it can be played as a sequel or you can watch it as kind of its own thing um, the animation itself is really stellar powerhouse animation who had worked on Castlevania and Blood of Zeus for Netflix comes back and really gives it their all for this one as well uh, me myself coming on, to the se- coming on to this series I had a pretty good knowledge of like not all things He-Man uh, and Skeletor in general but um, I knew the characters to a degree. I had seen the live action movie uh, originally in my childhood, as well as, <laughs> which is, which is really, everybody should watch it because of, um, I, I'm blanking on the name of the actor. I think his name was Frank uh, Langella, who had played Skeletor, who just does an amazing performance uh, in that movie. And I know that a lot of people are probably wondering how Mark Hamill does as Skeletor in this, um, easily one of the best voice actors on it. Not to say that anyone else is bad or anything like that. It's just that Mark Hamill is on a whole different level when it comes to, he has a, such a fantastic understanding of that balance between menace and uh, a joke of a character that Skeletor kind of is like, yeah, this this show has plenty of like one-liners and humor that the original series had, as well as like it's not afraid to get dark when it needs to. It's not something where it's um where it's like drowning in death or blood and gore or anything like that. But it is able when it needs to get serious, it gets serious, and when it needs to get funny, it gets funny. Um. It's definitely worth checking out, even if you've never seen anything He-Man related before. Uh, the characters that I wasn't personally familiar with, the series had me uh, wanting to learn more about just in terms of what they could do. It's kind of like jumping into a um, comic book run, uh, a really good comic book run in the middle of the series and wanting to go back and learn more about these characters in general and um, so yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I think that it's it's a great addition for fans old and new. For it, hey,
0: you had a comment from uh, Brett asked, "What about Jason Muse in the series?"
3: Uh, Jason Mewes, Jason Muse is in the series. He plays he hilariously plays Stinkor. I don't know if you guys are familiar <laughs> with. So, in Masters of the Universe lore, there's a giant half man, half skunk. Uh, Jason Muse plays him to a T. Uh, he does a really good job. Stinkor does have a role in the series. I believe he shows up in episode two. Um, yeah, he's great. Really oh, like all of episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I um, just saw
1: him. Yes. Oh, it's just- so funny. It's so <laughs> cute. I love it.
3: Uh, they, they really have like Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, Lena, headley i believe um and so many others really bring their a game to this like they bring back a lot of game of thrones actors to be in this and they do a fantastic job with each of their characters like man at arms uh Tila. man uh, at arms
2: was like that voice just hits and you're like oh my god i automatically you know. believe it yeah it's amazing yeah he
3: does. he he does like a fantastic job um so, yeah, it's it's worth checking out. I think that me coming into it, having a cursory knowledge of all things Eternia, um, it, it just does a really good job of getting you up to speed if you're new to the series or making you feel at home if you're kind of an old hat uh, on all things He-Man.
2: Um, Janelle, you said you started, right? I, I finished it this morning. Uh, but oh. you said you started it, right? When did yeah, you, I what started did you it
1: this morning. I mean, it just, it, it makes me think of my childhood, and I thought they did a brilliant job. The animation was lovely. Yeah, um, everybody's very pretty and good looking, <laughs> which is nice. And, um, you know, I would say that I wasn't, I was a casual consumer, um, you know, back in my childhood, because it was more of like my cousin loved it and so i would watch it with him but i didn't i don't think i've watched every single episode for the past i haven't seen the movie and so when i jumped in not really remembering anything other than the fact that like i know who skeletor is and like (laughs) i have the power like obviously i know those things but it it was it was a joy it was really cool to watch um It feels like it's obviously wholesome (laughs) because if you hold it up to like invincible, (laughs) it's like very wholesome, but I just, I enjoyed it. I think they did a great job and it was, it's a surprisingly fun ride. Like I was, I'm not into animated shows or movies very much and I actually really enjoyed it a lot so far and i'm gonna oh, keep watching
2: man Beastmaster! oh my god yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say i feel for me it took me about two episodes because for whatever reason like the first two episodes like especially the second episode dips into like this whole i'm trying not to go with spoilers but like it dips into this whole other thing and kind of needs to set some things up so like i w- was really mixed on it like I, by the first episode I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't love every single thing it was it, it, it does walk that line really well in parts but then other parts it's like, oh my this is kind of completely cheesy. I don't know like it was it was back and forth for me so much And then by the third episode third the three three through five was like I was in like it, it managed to kind of really hook me and I will give all the props to uh Orco and evil Lynn. oh my god there is a episode that really like shines a light on them in a way that I never expected. And I was just like, Oh my God, I love, I came away absolutely loving those two characters. Um, And I just, you know, I thought they told a really interesting story. They took some chances. I, I will be interested to see how people react to some of the things they did because they take some chances. They do some things that are kind of bold. For the, for the franchise and for the series. So I will be very interested for us to, like, revisit this once we can get into, like, spoilers and everything and see what people thought about some of that stuff. Um, but, I mean, I came away, like, really digging it. And I came away, like, super pissed that the episode... Del- I thought there were six and not five. So then when the episode ends, and then they go into, like, the after show, I was like, what? How are you going to leave it right there? I was what so a mad. What cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> I was so mad. So I want to see more. So, I mean, I feel like that's a good thing.
0: I'm taking the so-called wisdom of the crowd on this one, so you guys all say yes, huh? It was good. It
2: was
3: it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good show. Uh yeah, definitely Orco and Evelyn MVPs of the series. They're they're amazing. All right.
1: What's the average so, runtime for the episodes?
3: About half an hour.
1: 30. Yeah, 30 minutes. There's only five. Am I right? And uh,
2: there's only five. And it's not like Transformers where like there's like or Disney Plus shows where there's like nine minutes of credits. It's actually like it actually fills up the running time with episodes. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, Janelle, your childhood—you weren't born when He Man came out. I mean, wow. I'm an '80s baby, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was definitely uh, I was I was definitely born when He Man came out. You need to s- relax. All right. <laughs> so moving. Right I think along. it was a
1: compliment. So thank you.
0: Okay. Moving right along. Matt, what do you got to tell us about Transformers? Yeah, so uh, this is the final
2: entry in the trilogy, the War for Cybertron uh, trilogy with Netflix and Rooster Teeth. Uh, the full uh, series hits on the 29th. And um, this very much, I mean, we've talked about it before when I geeked out about Rise of the Beasts, right? Like I'm a, I'm a huge Beast Wars person. This is right up my alley. We knew from the ending of the last uh entry and plus like trailers and everything that they were going to focus on beast wars and they do some different things with it It, it's not as uh straightforward in the way the beast wars characters come in and the the battle between like how it all fits and kind of to this narrative because this series really takes the cybertron stuff and remixes some of it and puts it all together in a very interesting way. So um, I will say, I, I will feel, I will be, again, just like Masters of the Universe, I will be interested once everyone can talk about it, how people react to some of the the choices here. Um, but if you're a Beast Wars fan, I from the first, the good news is they don't waste a bunch of time. So like first episode, you're going to get a little bit of those characters. And they really, aside from like, of course, getting a modern upgrade, they feel like they stepped out of the original cartoon like they f- they feel just so like i nerded out when rhinox like appears on screen i was like oh my god it's rhinox and like air Razor and or, like rat trap I-, I mean i was i was nerdy and they do a they do a really good job of staying true to those characters um we talked about before like there's some amazing voice casts with these projects with these animated projects and the same goes for here i mean all the talent uh, that was part of the first two entries. Returns here, but I was a little torn on the voice choices for uh, the Predacons, especially like Megatron. I it, it's weird because like I it's like one of those things where you can't necessarily judge. Like you were talking about with Golding, right? What you're handed is what you can kind of work with, and so Predacon Megatron is a very specific type of character. And he's not the character that I remember from the original series and other things in the universe. So it serves the plot. So I, so like it makes sense within their continuity, but the voice and the approach to this character just did not work for me. Like at all. Like I never came around (laughs) like Optimus primal. I came around. Uh, I was like, Oh, that's a little, that's a little different, you know, especially because you're hearing Optimus's voice all the time. But like, it worked by the end, but like the Megatron stuff and you can already see some of it uh, is like hitting social. Like that's going to be very divisive. I imagine that's going to have a lot of reactions, but the overall story, I mean, again, I, they go a little dark here. That's been one of the trademarks of this series. And, but they, again, they don't go overboard, but they just lean into some of those more adult concepts. And I think it really works. Uh, The animation style again is excellent. Some of the action scenes, my, my other biggest gripe would be that, there's just not enough of the beast wars characters it, they they lean into certain parts of them and you yes you do get to see battles and things like that and and they're cool but they don't happen enough it, because again it's like they're kind of they have to finish off this epic story with all these characters that they have on board for it and so then you bring in this host of other characters in the last chapter and like they they're, they they're in it a lot but they're not as the, the, it sings when they're on screen, like when they're part of the plot and the story, it moves and you're, and you're invested. And when they're not, sometimes it stalls. So I just wish there were more of them. I wish there were more scenes with these characters because they did them so well, aside from Megatron. <laughs> they It is so well. Uh, and I think people will be satisfied uh, with it. Again, the, those two, the two final episodes like are just, epic and and send it out on a really good note. So even if you feel like it starts out a little slow, give it a minute because I feel like you'll get paid off with those final two. So, I mean, it's a recommend. I've enjoyed the series um, all the way through. I think the first chapter was actually my favorite, uh, but this one holds a special place because of the Maximals. I,
3: I wanted to add, I had, I had actually seen uh, a couple of the episodes as well. And as a kid growing up with Beast Wars, um, I totally feel you on the voice thing. I think that especially with with Megatron, because in the original series, the best way to describe him is that he's deliciously evil. Right. Like when he has when he has his like yes kind of kind of yes. thing, and they they try to kind of replicate it, and they try to kind of get some of the voices that are a little that a clear like aren't the original folks, but like they do they they work with what they have. So right, yeah, like it's
2: not. That- it's not like the other ones aren't, aren't bad, but his, it's just never, it never clicked. And I was just like, oh, I can't even fault you because this is the character you were handed. yeah. And, but even when he's in like beast form, like it still doesn't come across. Like you're never feel threatened by this giant T-Rex. And I'm like, you're a T-Rex. How are you not threatening? You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it was, it was an odd choice, but, but, but I really dug it overall.
0: All right, well, that's Transformers, War for Cybertron, Kingdom. And from that, we go right back to Matt as you're going to tell us what's up in this week's comics, buddy.
2: Yo, 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 you knew we were going to talk about it. We're going to talk moon Knight. I'm not even getting to the other stuff right away. I'm going to go moon Knight because I'm so excited. <laughs> you can check out uh, my full review on the site and even a video if you want all the uh, details on what happened and some of the ties it has back to other things in the history. But uh, Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuchillo, bucho I'm never quite sure how to pronounce, it. but uh, do a magnificent job, I feel like, of bringing some of the thing we've got a theme going on in the comics this week of Warren Ellis. There's a lot of Ellis and like some of that ties here. So uh, yes, Mr. Knight, some of those concepts are very much brought back here. Um, but I what I, what I think it does a really good job of is kind of, we bring some of those things that are going to get conversation going and we and we bring those and we we make a focal point of it but we also really broaden the character for people who don't know all the the backstory yet you come in here and you don't have to know who Bushman is you come in here and you don't have to know like there there's all these things that are very much in previous Moon Knight runs you you feel like it's not the best entry point you have to explain a bunch of stuff and I thought they did a really good job here of setting up a bunch of new threads but tying it to the history and explaining along the way. And by the end of it, I feel like anyway, that you'll have a grasp of a lot of what's going on. And even if you don't have all the little spaces filled in, you'll be intrigued enough to maybe stick around. But they but they do a good job of telling you who Spectre is and setting up how the two different identities, Moon Knight and Mr. Knight operate, what their roles are. And then of course they tease like Lockley and, and the other personalities. So, I mean, and also just, MVP. This book is gorgeous. <laughs> this book is so stunning. It's, and, and Moon Knight's been a character that's been blessed with a lot of great artists over the years. Um, and I, but again, this like stands out. So I mean, I think Jed McKay. We've we've talked about his work here on the show before. Black Hat. I think he does a really good job of grounding characters, making them relatable, but then also kind of dealing with these big concepts. And I think Moon Knight does that really well. But uh, what did you guys think?
0: Somebody who's kind of more recent to Moon Knight, I kind of got back into the character. I was in it, I was in it when he had the leg or whatever virus he had in the '90s and that whole thing—oh, yeah, okay—body horror, gross. But um, I jumped <laughs> back into it because you guys got me onto the Warren Ellis books and and that run, and really kind of loved that and those weird stories and making Moon Knight this kind of weird, pulpy kind of you know local or just kind of centralized character in his whole night protection thing. That was really good. Um, and I like this, as you said, kind of in more elaborate in better ways, taking the elements of that and mixing them together with other elements of kind of the comic booky Moon Knight. So this is kind of like Warren Ellis's Moon Knight, but not so singularly his vision, like it's Warren Ellis' Moon Knight in the Marvel Comics universe type deal. And I like that blend, and I like the kind of Mr. Knight mission and that whole premise uh, and his crazy set sidekick. Uh he's got kind of a Ray Donovan type thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a I never knew that I would want Ray Donovan and Moon Knight to get <laughs> matched up, yeah. but it kind of works. It it kind of really works. And so I, I really was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And it and it's much I like this much better than this age of Conchu when they try to go full comic book on Moon Knight with this like conscious yeah. stuff. Like this is just the the weird kind of offbeat tales of Moon Knight being this crazy hero in in this weird world is is where i like it
2: which they deal with that avengers run in like a paragraph like i do like that they address it but like they don't get lost in it they're just like oh no he's he's over here (laughs) he's over in the in asgard prison and uh you know that was kind of crazy what happened there and then they move on and i'm I'm actually kind of happy with that uh you know i will say you mentioned the sidekick like that duo and i am blanking on her name right now um but that duo is fantastic and has like the best sequence in the whole issue when, you know, he's talking, he's like, do you understand like why I, like, like ha- hanging out with you or whatever? And she's like, you know, no. And he's like, because you don't try to fix me. And that's such a, there's so many layers to like people understanding him and always trying to fix him. And I thought that was a really cool thing. Janelle, what'd you think?
1: Oh man. I am a new fan of Moon Knight. <laughs> I am pumped. I'm so excited to understand this character. I'm shocked that so many people love this character with that really cool like mythical background with like him being the the hand is it the hand or the fist? Yes. <laughs> the fist of, you know, this this god creature thing. I, I love, I love this background story and I got it in that small comic, you know, in this comic that doesn't have like a ton of backstory. They, they do a good job. You, like you said, Matt, I understand what's going on. Kofi, you want to say something? I can feel that's, it in my bones.
0: Wow. That's, that's really scary. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, my poker face is terrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, Janelle just like triggered me to, to remember, you know, not to spoil it, but the end of this book made me realize, like, the craziest thing that I said when I read this, which was, "Oh, cool! They finally made a way to like make black people care about Moon Knight. Like, this is awesome." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, <sighs> oh. Moon Knight's always a hard sell culturally," and I was like, "But they found a way to make this awesome." And they introduced in this whole concept of like, it's such like a Jeff Johns type thing to do, which is just like taking the crazy comic booky stuff and just being like, okay, well, literally, like this is this, and you can compare it to like this. Like Green Lantern is literally the whole Roy G. Biv thing from kindergarten, you know? Like, let's just do that instead. Well, of, cool. Yellow makes me makes me weak. <laughs> and like, okay, let's we can, really it we can do yeah, a little better. We could do a little better with this. Um, that was bro. always
2: really lame. Yeah. And so no. that
0: was such a cool payoff at the end of this book by saying like, hey, dummy, like you're running around calling yourself the Fist of Conchu. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen like anatomy, but like, yes. There's there are two. two fists That's
2: that awesome. somebody punches with
0: and getting that concept and, and having this character who really is, I really want to see more of this guy. He's like my ghost maker of this book. Like I want Hunter's, to see Hunter's, Hunter's moon.
2: moon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, or as I, I called him,
0: Black Moon Knight.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things I loved about it was that, you know, in, in previous runs, I mean, it's been toyed with in the past, but like not, What I hope they do is they keep pursuing Down that path because it's always Interesting to see Moon Knight challenged That he always holds that Position so tightly Like all the other stuff is crumbling around him And it's like but I'm always the fist I'm always even if like they're Like right now right like his god is in prison He doesn't even have a god technically But like he still views his mission As like the most important thing But like for someone else to come in and then Challenge that and like no You're doing your job terribly (laughs) <laughs> and like I'm, I'm really that. I think that's so interesting. Uh, I think I think that's a really cool thing if they they run with it, which it seems
1: super like intriguing. Do. Like yeah. really looking forward to the rest of this. Uh, and again, just they did a great job of framing. If anybody is kind of like, I don't really know much about Moon Knight because I've heard about Moon Knight a lot. From you guys. Is this something you no, talk No, about- not from you guys.
0: Them? Yeah, be <laughs> accurate. Not from Jim. From that dude in the comics, <laughs> or in the comments right there, who usually sits here with a moon Knight room.
1: Yes. yes. But I'm such <laughs> I, a will, fan I will I will say
2: me and me and Jim typically gush about moon.
1: <laughs> and I and now I understand why. And it's awesome. Like it's if you want to start off just like me, not having any any knowledge other than the name, because your friends love this character you're going to really enjoy this book. I highly recommend if you're going to read anything this week, go for it. Oh, she's so happy to know. Like this, (laughs) all like this was same excitement level as my Captain Marvel
3: Conclusion. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: but wow. I think we for the raunchiness of the Captain Marvel Doctor are so people. happy. Oh, man. <laughs> but, um, so
1: happy.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I already called Hot Toys and was like, y'all got that Black Moon Knight? And they were like, sir, we've asked you to stop <laughs> calling our <laughs> store. Oh, we don't God. know what you're talking about. And I was That's like, amazing.
2: y'all got Also, wait a minute. Who said... Uh, did I see Darkhawk in the comments somewhere?
0: Oh, I did. I did not <laughs> Was that you? Oh, yeah. I dropped a grenade for Jim. Define, yes. I said uh, Moon Knight is lesser than symbol
3: Darkhawk, and then I just wanted to see Jim's. Head oh experience. man! Oh man! I'm funny. willing to. I'll agree with that one as a huge <laughs> this on the same level that Jim loves Moon Knight. Yes. I love Darkhawk.
2: See, think- so we have a club at comic book. And it's me, Evan, and Adam Barnhart. (laughs) We are Club Darkhawk. Darkhawk. Sleepwalker. Darkhawk in every single thing. Uh, Yes. Um, So, yeah. So, let's move on there. Unless Jim has stuff he wants to add in the comments. (laughs) We're going to move on to a different book. so, oh, and by the way, uh, I do, I have high hopes for Dog Heart as well, Brywood. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, as well, but the design is sick, so we'll go from there. Uh, we're gonna talk DC, because I know Kofi wasn't that excited about DC books. Um, but we did have Superman and the Authority, number one. And, uh, you know, again, ties to Ellis. We talked about that, the, you know, Wild Storm universe and all that stuff that these characters come from. But I believe, Janelle, I don't think you've had, I don't think we've touched on these characters no, yet, since not been, yet. Okay. So uh, Superman and the Authority, number one, is essentially Superman. It's kind of this different take. It's it's One, it's Grant Morrison. So you always know it's going to be at least interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is essentially making a new authority uh, because the Justice League failed uh, in doing things. And they set this up right from the get-go because like, Superman had a conversation with JFK evidently <laughs> in the past and, like, could have been at Dallas. Like, there's all this stuff, right? now. I always eat that, <laughs> that stuff up. Um, but essentially, he's going to create a, a new authority because, like, he feels like they need that. So we kind of go through. It's just him and one other character, and we kind of see their journey uh, as we go. And it's... Um, I feel like if you're... I don't think you have to really know anything about the authority. I think that's actually what works about this issue is that you don't have to know... Any of it. Uh, You don't have to know Stormwatch. You don't have to know about those characters or whatever. It's just the principle of it is really just a Superman story. And I think it's really, I think it was really interesting. I mean, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I want to read the rest of the series. It's funny. Uh, The artwork uh, is gorgeous. I, I think they did a really good job here for new people. To kind of jump in on this, and we're gonna see those characters. You know, we get a hint of it towards the end. We're gonna meet those characters again. We're gonna see that concept explored. But like here, I thought it was a really good opening entryway uh, into this. If you are a longtime fan, then obviously you know there's gonna be little things that you'll that you'll hook onto. But ultimately, I thought this was really good. I I wasn't expecting to like it as much. As I did. Uh, I know. I think Kofi really dug it, if I, if I remember.
0: I picked it up because it was the only interesting DC book this week in a trash week of DC books. Um, <laughs> I was just, it, it wasn't interesting to me at first because um, what's I always, how do I, I forget how I always forget his name? Uh, not Superman, the, the other main character in
3: the book Manchester Black. Manchester Black, Black. yeah.
0: is never one like, like he's every like aging 80 punk rock guy's like, voice in comics if you were or alternative voice in comics and so like I was just like okay grandma I see see what you're doing here like okay you're having a little too much fun with this guy Um, but when Superman comes into it that's when you like you said when it really becomes interesting because at first I was just like oh this is some 60s kind of like uh, Superman like that cheesy version but it gets weird and it gets dark and by the end you're like what is going on with this Superman and it's a very interesting Superman piece and so that latter half of the book was really good, and it really hooked me. Uh, and when you finally get Manchester Black to stop just running his mouth and actually like start doing something, like he is a pretty awesome character. So the Superman intrigue is what really hooked me about this, and, and I'm really interested to see like where where this journey is going to take us in terms of a Superman story and how many people it's going to piss off. <laughs> yeah. I came away really liking this Superman, this particular
2: Superman. I yeah. like, I'd read more of that. I'd read more of that in a heartbeat, like his opening thing of like, well, I'm kind of losing my, my flight, but like I can, i levitate like for however long every day. So I hope this impresses you like that immediate light or that line was just like, oh, this is, it's a good tone setter. And Manchester Black walking away. And, and the whole like sequence where like Superman's battling all these things and you see like all the bubbles and don't even have any, like, I thought it was really well done. It it was, it was funny. Janelle, what'd you think?
1: Mixed emotions for me, uh, or mixed feelings, I guess. Uh, I, I don't, I, I liked it. I'm, I'm listening to it the way that you guys are talking about it now, because I think it really helps me to understand a little bit more. It got a little, I, I, I was a little confused throughout um i didn't really know what was going on and it is probably because i don't have the knowledge um that you guys have of of these characters and what's going on and why we're here and and what anything means however even with the confusion i wouldn't say it was a terrible book or anything i just um obviously like moon knight was outshining everything for me at for this week uh Superman, older Superman is hot. <laughs> um yeah, he's he's hot. But <laughs> he's hotter than the young yeah, oh yeah. He looked great. But <laughs> other than that, I mean it's it's a cool book. I I feel like I I would need to read it through at least twice to really pick up on exactly what's happening because I was a little confused at times. Yeah. But
3: you good. Did. You definitely shouldn't feel bad about being confused at a grant morrison comic
0: (laughs) most of us are yeah it's okay
3: yeah good to know very true it's
2: very much a deep end writer it's like throwing someone into the deep end because the way he layers concepts and and honestly just i mean after reading his most recent green Lantern run some of the concepts are just like i look (laughs) i've been reading green lantern books for a long time and I read some of those issues, and I went, what the hell just happened? <laughs> who, who is that? I mean, it was like- Where I, are we?
0: It, what is a going on? Like? Yeah, is this still lot, even yeah. Green Lantern? Right, yeah. I was like, like a, a, It was New X-Men all over. Anyway, uh, like, yeah, moving yeah, right along. But uh, uh, I think Janelle just created an interesting website we may need to brand on comic book immediately, which is the Superman hotness rankings. <laughs> <laughs> true. Are you this a is, papa Superman, or do you like young boy Superman the best? Like, which is Superman is your Superman?
1: Just saying, well, he aged very well.
0: right. Yeah, I mean, he's a very attractive, rec- a very attractive hero.
2: I
1: mean, he even the the counterpart. He said he's like you come oh, in here all. Superman.
0: Come <laughs> 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 send Josh in the comments with the winning comment today. Wow, holy that's Supermans. amazing. That. That's, uh, amazing. that's awesome. Well. DC can make some money, man. Yeah, he they can. <laughs> yeah. to- uh, so. so
2: Moving to uh, another book that I know Janelle is very excited for, but in a very different way, uh, is Captain Marvel. So I am so thrilled that, number one, Janelle is a a Moon Knight fan now, which makes me so happy. And then two, uh, it took Doctor Strange to give it a shot, but uh, this ends the strange magic uh, arc of Captain Marvel, and we've been seeing her kind of toying with uh, trying to essentially solve her weakness of magic due to a bunch of stuff that happened in the book before that, like a future and alternate future and all this other stuff. So this ends that, uh, but what I thought they did a really good job of of pointing out, I always loved the Dr. Strange runs and this is why I actually loved them. Um, oh man, uh, is it Aaron's run? This is Aaron's run, I'm blanking right now if it is or not. Um, but there's a great run where it focuses on the payment that is necessary for magic. Like every time he casts a spell, every time that he, does doctors up this huge thing, there's a cost and there's a cost to magic. And, you know, there was a great story where like he was uh, trying to like, essentially he'd been putting off paying the bill (laughs) forever. And finally that comes due. So I love that idea. And I feel like they've been toying with that a lot here of, Yes, you you want to learn magic, and I love it. Everyone laughs in Carol's face every time she's like, "I want to learn magic." And you're like, "That's not how it works." Like, <laughs> you, it's not picking up magic at Costco. Like, there's a whole process, and you need to know about how that works. So, I thought they did a really good job of kind of bringing all that to a head here and teasing some new concepts. Uh, But I'm I'm very eager, Janelle. What do you think about this?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just an awesome run. Like, I I love. Magic so much, <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Um, I loved the little story at the very end. That was good um, too. Ah, oh, that, that was so great, uh, and touching and emotional. I, are we spoiling? I don't know. I try no, this I try is a not spoiler. Spoil. It came out Wednesday. We're fine. Okay, <laughs> there were just so many. It was, it was just so well done. I love, I love this character now. Um, she. I feel like she gets this rap of like being completely invincible and you can't do anything to hurt her. And she's just like so powerful. And to see kind of this like weak side of her was, I mean, that's all I saw in this book basically was her weaknesses. And so um, I'm personally going to go back and read the previous storyline so I can see why she was on this quest because it's definitely worth knowing more. And yeah, really great book. I will
2: send you that entire list. I will. I will 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 hook you up on it. I love it. Because that's what I love. True fans of that character know that that's actually what the most interesting part of Carol is, is all the flaws. Mm -hmm. This character is like reckless at times and so flawed. Insecure. Yeah. And it's just – that's the point. That's why she's fun because it also balances like you're one of the most powerful heroes in the universe. Yeah. But yet – on a human level, sometimes it's such a struggle. So yeah, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, by the way, good good on you for mentioning that last story because Jamie McKelvey writes and draws uh, a story between Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, and if you want a wonderful Kamala Khan moment,
0: mm-hmm. this
2: is this is like a has so many quotables, and they work in a quote from Kelly Sue DeConnick. Who has talked about Captain Marvel in the past and was a previous Captain Marvel writer? They actually work her quote into that story as part of Kamala's story that she tells. That's so, awesome. really cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's Captain Marvel. I will say I've got a couple uh, quick picks here. We're not going to dive in too much. Uh, but if you want to look for stories, if you're headed to the comic shop this weekend, uh, I will say Justice League, the first half of Justice League is kind of meh, but Justice League Dark which is the second story in all the Justice League books has been killing it. And this is this issue is no different. Uh, it's fantastic. So, you know, know that it's going to be slow to start, but the second half picks up. Uh, Nightwing 82 has some big revelations about the character and Tom Taylor. I, I've been really enjoying this run so far. And again, uh, continues that. What's in Future Volume 3 is also out. It's one of my favorite books, period. And uh, so definitely check that out. Kieran Gillen's been doing some great work on that. And then I will say Radiant Black, uh, number six is probably my favorite issue of the series thus far, uh, and I think I think Higgins did a really good job uh, with this issue, and it just like explores a totally different character and just floors you. So Higgins is doing Darkhawk, a little synergy there. So that's my uh, picks for this
0: week. All right, Matt, thanks, buddy. We're going to close out the show, but uh, we have some quick mentions. Uh, I'm going to mention that uh, the Fear Street trilogy, uh, we didn't do a formal review or break that down on the show over the weeks it was released. I think we were just kind of slow on catching up on that. But uh, I sat down and binged all, like, six hours of it. And I actually enjoyed Fear Street by the end. I, I thought it was a good R.L. Stein adaptation. And it started off a little slow for me in the in the original first part but it got compelling as this layered story kind of got in there and, and started building. Um, and uh, it, it was an interesting mix because there were some hardcore horror moments in that. And I was like, is this like a kid's thing or like teens? Cause there are some pretty brutal moments in this, but uh, all together it was pretty cool. So fear street is on Netflix. They have three parts. They're each movie length. Oh, okay. I never uh, yes, quite was,
2: understood how that worked.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just kind of confusing. It, like I felt like it came and went, but it was like pretty popular for a minute. Um, but yeah, they're each about two hours long. They're movies, they're movies in and of themselves, but they're connected and they tell one big kind of growing story across different eras of time. So check that out. And uh Janelle, you had something.
1: Yeah, yo, Ted Lasso, season two is out today. I'm I love the show. It makes me so joyful. <laughs> it is awesome. And uh, you know, Apple TV, they know what they're doing, they didn't just mass upload the whole series. So unfortunately you got to get that free trial back or something, but (laughs) (laughs) it's the first episode. The premiere of episode two is out today. Um, If you're looking for a feel good, just happy, uh, relaxing show that's wholesome and fun for the whole family. (laughs) <laughs> Kofi, I see your daughter in the shot. I love it. Um, and then this is this is a great show. And especially with the whole thing between Italy and England, the awesome football, aka soccer game. It just is really, really fun to watch because the football slash soccer community that the rest of the world experiences <laughs> outside of the US is just huge. And it kind of helps you understand um, just the excitement around it. So yeah, uh, definitely. And Episodes are coming out every Friday until October eighth, Eesh. All right, I'm gonna have to pay for this Apple TV a little bit longer.
2: <laughs> I need to. I need to start that show. I've heard nothing but it's wonderful so things.
1: About good. Just, it's so good. It's so wholesome. I just don't have
2: Apple TV, and so I. Never, I know. Um. Oh. So before we go, uh, a couple comments that popped up here. Uh, mm-hmm. Half send Josh uh, about Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Uh, I will have thoughts on that very very soon, and. Um, and I, man, I cannot wait to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about it. Uh, and then also, uh, Robert uh, asked if there is anything good for Star Wars. I don't know about, um, I don't, Kofi, have you been keeping up with Bad
0: Yeah, ad I was waiting for you guys to kind of uh, stop moving your mouth holes and I was going to jump in there and say, uh, yes, Star Wars. If you're not reading War of the Bounty Hunters, bro, you really got to read that. Great crossover happening in the comics this week. We had uh, two good issues of that. Um, one that introduces a a very, or just bring back, I haven't like kind of figured that part out, a really cool assassin character. And this week was Jabba the Hutt-centric, and they even have a comic issue that's about Jabba entirely, and that stuff was good. Um, The Rising Storm is a new novel that came out by our friend Kevin Scott. I read that. That's pretty dope. Uh, It is very much a middle part of this The High Republic saga, and it's a pretty pretty action packed it is just one huge battle and it is pretty cool um, and bad batch is on disney plus and the bad batch is doing some interesting things to kind of weave new revealing canon into the star wars early prequel or early uh, original trilogy era uh, you know we're getting new things about like harris and Doula from rebels new things about boba fett the whole series hinges on boba fett's you know what's ostensibly the reveal that boba set Boba Fett has a sister. Django um, Fett has another clone, natural clone, that's a girl, and she's enhanced like uh, Clone Force 99. And so where she's going to end up in the saga is a very big question. That this is her origin story about how she got trained by these elite clones and went on the run with them after Order 66. And they find out you know, her DNA is Django is Fett's, and that's why everybody's after her. Uh, and so, where she ends up, and if and Fennec Shand's in it and becomes her like protector. So, like where this ends up, and they do Clone Wars stuff with like Cad Bane, and like it's a, it's actually pretty interesting. And where this all is setting up for the future of the franchise with projects like you know Ahsoka and, uh, and the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, it, it could be actually really relevant. So, uh, Bad Batch is there. So that's your Star Wars beat. Do you Are- feel
2: like Bad Batch is getting? Buried a little bit or something.
0: Being buried because it can be really hit or miss. It's hard for people to understand like why this is relevant. I mean, it's about clone soldiers. It's in the early days of the Empire, and there was a spike in interest when people found out the Django Fett connection and the Boba connection. But so far, they're, they're not really leaning into that big canon stuff so much as telling the character stories and all that. Um, once the big canon stuff, uh, if they get another season of this, it, I would see. I would expect a shift to see kind of much more canon heavy you know, references and stuff like that. But um, this is kind of stuff you have to figure out as a long-term
3: Star Wars fan so far.
0: Uh, And that's it, I think. All right. I think we got to get off the mic anyway. So that'll do it for this episode. Could I
3: throw in in one thing? This is actually breaking news for uh, Dragon Ball fans. Uh, The title of the next movie has just been announced at uh, Comic-Con. They have a big panel that's going on right now. So this might be the first time that you're hearing it. It's going to be called Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Uh, they're gonna be diving into. Uh, that's probably gonna be focusing on great seamen and yeah. fighting supervillains. So yeah, that's coming out next year. Look for it. Okay. On the site the there you
0: go. Time. Breaking news, Dragon Ball news. We got the new movie name: Dragon Ball Super Superheroes. That is confusing. We have a lot to process. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we're here live. Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Every Friday at 12 noon Eastern, you can also download audio on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm stopping. I'm going to stop, stop stumping for Stitcher. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore for us. So <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go download there. Um, yeah, if you want to hit us up, our Twitter handles are on the screen if you're watching. If not, I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar, CB. I
1: am at Janelle Wheeler.
0: And
3: I am Evan Valentine.
0: All right. (laughs) All right. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, we hope you have a good week, a good geek week, and come back with us next week as we get into more geeky goodness. For the comicbook.com staff, we are Comic Book Nation. Peace. Peace.
1: Bye, guys.